0: What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K. The latest episode of the No Huddle Show, our the second part of our training camp preview. Uh, Eagles report on Wednesday. We won't be there to greet them, unfortunately. They don't allow us to shake their hands like the Walmart greeters. Um, although Brandon Graham would wouldn't we be, we'd be down for that? I feel like.
1: Yeah, uh, he would. There would be a lot of <laughs> high fives and hugs.
0: The who are you and and that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so they
0: they report and then we'll be there Thursday. Uh, you, I think there might be some live tweets. I don't know.
1: There might be some live (laughs) tweets. There might be
0: some people saying everything that happens.
1: Now, before we get too
0: far ahead of ourselves, we should acknowledge... I already started started counting pass attempts.
1: Yeah, we we should acknowledge (laughs) that Wednesday there will be a bit of news because we're expecting some players to be put on PUP. Wednesday's when all these players will undergo physicals. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see who has a non-football injury coming back, too, just in case that happens. That seems to happen every couple of years. Obviously, they just waived uh, Devin Ross, who you've never heard of, with a non-football injury. But, you know, they have reasonably 13 notable players that are coming off of off-season injuries that affected them during mandatory minicamp. And, uh, you know... That group's going to dwindle pretty significantly, probably entering training camp. But you got to look out for Fletcher Cox, Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, Mac Hall, all these guys. That'll be worth noting for Wednesday. But yeah. Thursday is when we let it rip, and that's when balls are thrown and tweets are tweeted. And
0: overreactions are overreacted. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but that's well, the
1: fun part of training camp, though. Well, cheap plug, but you've been doing an incredible job of uh, with the quarterback, um, you know, numbers. I think during training camp, we really need to pay attention to those, especially Nate Sudfeld's numbers. So uh, we talked about it on the podcast last week. That'll be something to watch but I'm really excited about the defense because once pads get on, you can really see what's going on with the linebackers, the defensive line, how they,
0: how they arrange the corners.
1: Right. Yeah. I think
0: we're going to get into that, but yeah,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I think the next two weeks are going to be very, very important. So before we
0: do our defensive side of the training camp preview, we did the offense last week, which you can find on uh, all of our feeds. Um, the there was news in the last couple of days since the last podcast. Darren Sproles coming back. It's not like surprising. Like maybe if you had asked at the end of the season, I would have been surprised. But as it went on, it kind of felt like this was coming. Especially mm-hmm. as Darren never retired, and the Eagles kept on like being non-committal about it. Uh, it makes a lot of sense, and I don't think it changes anything necessarily. Maybe, maybe it makes like Boston Scott's not going to make the team now. But I don't think it... This doesn't impact their trajectory of the season.
1: Well, typically you go into training camp with more than seven running backs. So I was like, well, hmm, what's going on here? They also weren't in a rush to fill the spots left open by Ro- the aforementioned Devin Ross. And or, the Ty- reti- or the shocking
0: retirement of Tyreek Burwell. <laughs>
1: how will they ever... So Blindsided bro. by Burwell. How will they ever recover?
0: <laughs> <clears throat> it's like the reverse blindside movie. He just stops playing football.
1: <laughs> so I think... You know, look, there, it's a very divisive move, right? Uh, there are a lot of. Which she, is weird to me that it's divisive. Yeah, like, I don't think it's, it moves it's like the not equal. It's, like, it's not that.
0: It's like he's your fourth running back. Why is everybody getting all amped up about it? For
1: one, you know, you brought it up. It plays into your argument that they didn't have a strong receiving back out of yeah. the backfield. Uh, he, is, he is easily the most dependable blocking back outside of Jordan Howard. Um, they don't have a clear set punt returner he can do that we know that um it allows them if they were to depend on deshaun jackson in key moments at punt returner to have a guy who maybe that's just his role and that's the only way you depend on him the other thing that i want to talk about too is this move makes 10 times more sense this year than it did last year last year he's coming off several major injuries the running back group is A- A- Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement, and Wendell Smallwood. This year, it's Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Corey Clement, maybe Wendell Smallwood or Josh Adams, and then you have Darren have increased the talent and depth at the running back position so they are not susceptible to the risk that bringing back Darren Sproles gives them. Last year, they didn't really have a plan. Jay Ajayi had a history of injuries. It was almost like, when's the next shoe gonna drop? And that shoe dropped pretty quickly. Then Darren Sproles get, gets injured for a prolonged amount of time. Well, he got injured before Ajayi. Right, but what I mean is, is like, if, if, a, if they had somebody who they felt was durable, that could, you know, tote the rock and, and it, make it inconsequential, like they do in Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, then it would have made more sense to me. But this makes more sense now than it did last year, and I think the uproar is kind of weird. Well, they, they brought him back last year because Doug wanted to rely on him, which he was like, they're starting running back in week one last year. Right.
0: When I don't... I think... I know there's like this whole idea that they didn't, Darren Sproles didn't come back to be the fourth running back, but that's what he's going like. You and I maybe are higher than Corey Clement, it teams now than most ever. A lot of people are talking about him being on the bubble for the team. I, I think he makes it, unless he's hurt still. Then, you know, I don't know how that works out. But I, by, he's I mean, I talked to his trainer, his trainer said he was like 90% or 95%. So, I mean, that's from the trainer's perspective. I'm sure he doesn't see medicals and stuff. But the point being, I see those top three as pretty clear-cut. And then you have Darren Sproles occasionally coming in as a pass catcher, but primarily being there as a change of pace when the other guys are tired or banged up and as the punt returner. You don't need a 30... If you're relying on a 36-year-old running back too much and you have a problem, he doesn't have the same explosives that he used to have. I know you and I... Like took a, like when he looked pretty good at the end of last season, we we admitted that we were wrong that he should have just retired already. But if he was declining last year, he's definitely going to be on a decline this year.
1: Yeah, you know, we went on the famous NJ Advance Media apology tour <laughs> with Darren Sproles those last three weeks of the race. It's, like, it's not like he was amazing though. Like he was good. I don't think they win that Texans game. Yeah, for sure. Like he was he helped the offense. And I think that's what they're looking for. I think they're yeah. looking for a guy who can be a you know a, a trick up their sleeve in key moments of a couple of games. Like if, you, if he can help you win a couple of games during the season, then he was well worth signing. There's not a guy on this roster behind Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and Corey Clement that is better than Darren Sproles. Yeah, exactly.
0: So you're upgrading the fourth running back position. <laughs> uh, so I guess now the question becomes uh, if they keep five running backs or not. And I don't think it's a lock that they do. It, it kind of depends on how they feel about Miles Sanders' his hamstring probably. Yeah, but... And, you know, De- Wendell Smallwood's the guy that will... You know, there's the Austin Powers scene where that they keep trying to, that, that one chick just keeps getting like shot and, blown up and is like, why won't you die? Do you remember that from the second Austin Powers? I believe? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's like,
0: Wendell Smallwood just refuses to quit. So I I'm, I, have a 53 man roster projection coming out and I don't have him on it. And I know it's going to be a mistake because he's always going to make the team. But as it stands right now, I think they're better off just keeping those four guys, seeing if Josh Adams gets through to the practice squad and like loading up. On defensive backs or defensive linemen or offensive linemen.
1: The only, I agree with you, but the I only, don't know what they'll do. But I think that makes sense. The to only, me. I think I texted you right after they signed Sproles, and I, I said, you know, they're more inclined to keep four tight ends than they are an extra running back or an extra wide receiver because you have you have a core group up front and you have the numbers to make it work. My issue as far as loading up on DBs and letting the offensive numbers affect the defensive numbers is you have an offensive-minded coach. He's going to want to probably have those guys. Like The way I've always thought about it is you want 25 offense, 25 defense, and then three specialists. But realistically, I don't know. Do they keep an extra offensive lineman? Do they keep an extra tight end, an extra wide receiver? I think they're going to keep five wide receivers and either four or five running backs. And then I think... They keep Josh Perkins. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. I mean, that, that's
0: the thing. This roster is so loaded that it's like the last five roster spots are the only open once pretty much, which is kind of crazy. It's like whether they keep... Five safeties or whether they keep six defensive ends or five defensive tackles, like it's that one spot at the end, like the top almost all of those positions, like the top four guys or whatever are locked in pretty much. Well,
1: and I think people won't reinforce depth, yeah. but some agents aren't gonna send their players here to because, be a fourth stringer. Yeah. yeah, I I just talked to a veteran player today who said the Eagles are loaded at wide receiver. Why would I sign there? You know what I mean? So it's one of those things that I think is something to keep in mind when everybody's like, oh, man, they got to add this person. Well, why would this person come here to be the fourth or fifth most, guy? Most teams don't have a great fourth
0: or fifth guy. There's a reason why a guy is a fourth. Usually he's either a developmental rookie or a guy who's, um, market, on Marcus, or who's named Marcus Wheaton or Kamar Aiken or something. We wound up playing quite a bit,
1: actually, when they— Kamar Aiken, Aiken, Aiken especially, actually. Kamar Aiken actually had very dependable hands, according to Pro Football Focus. <laughs> according Thank to you very much. <laughs> Alright, so that's all we need
0: to talk about with Sproles. Uh, let's get to the defense. We'll do the same format we did last time. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, we'll go through whatever concerns we have, and then if you have any other comments. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, first are we not right? going to talk about Madden ratings? <laughs> no. Not, yeah. and people were pretty upset about yeah, it. Yeah, they were really... Uh, <laughs> at, least be, one, at least one guy was. They were pretty bh as it were. b Uh I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> Alright, uh, so we'll start with
0: defensive end. Um, it's kind of a broad question, but just, like, just how important is Derek Barnett? I feel like people, to me, he seems like one of the most important players on this team. I this think
1: year. Derek Barnett is outside of maybe Fletcher Cox is the catalyst to the success of this defense. Yeah, front. especially because of the depth at that position, right? Well, yeah, and you look at you look at sack production and you look at upside, and Derek Barnett might have. I was a very big fan of that pick um, and you and I agreed I mean we glowed about him th- those first few weeks of the season I thought he was the best defensive end on the team the first quarter of the season Then um, obviously he had the shoulder injury he's very important and I'm wondering if they put him in bubble wrap a little bit just because as a precaution because he did undergo the labrum surgery um and he had shoulder issues in his past too. Yeah, and I think you know he did some individual work during mini camp, which is a good sign. Um, but they got to let him rip. This guy is is a dude that they drafted to be a ten sack player for years to come. He's in his third year. They've got to decide whether they want to pick up his fifth year option after this season. Um, you know. This is a big year for him. This is like being on a contract year because it def- determines the next two years for you. And I think, you know, he he's had some moments. He had two incredible moments in the in the Super Bowl run. He had a good start to the sophomore year. But you know, Marcus Smith, he's not gonna be compared to Marcus Smith, but realistically, Marcus Smith was here for three years, too. You know what I mean? So you can see that decline happen if you don't get off to a really good start and i think derek barnett's a guy who's extremely talented he's very technically sound which will help him if he struggles to get back athletically initially but they need a big year out of him he
0: you know there were some fans who got upset with me for like phrasing it this way i wasn't using it as criticism but he in his career has played like 700 snaps where like Brandon Graham and Michael Bennett played more than that last year alone. So my only point was he needs to, we need to see how he is over the course of a full season of snaps, which he's never had before. Like he needs to be, he needs to last the whole season. Of course you can say that about anybody and he needs to be as productive at the end as he is at the beginning.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think they need a strong year of start of six, 14 to 16 starts out of this guy. Like he's yeah. important. There's no Michael Bennett yeah, or, or Chris Long yeah. to pick up the slack, like which, Vinnie, which
0: makes him more important. Yeah,
1: right. Vinny Curry Vinnie Curry's not a pass rusher. Yeah, he's. I mean, I mean, he's he's not a prolific pass rusher. Right, like he's two sacks last year. Or yeah, yeah, I mean, well, he's terrible. I, I know. I'm just but but being. yeah, no. To your point, you know, there isn't a guy that's going to pick up the pieces unless Josh Sweat explodes onto the scene. More importantly, bringing up Josh Sweat, well,
0: that was going to be the first concern I was going
1: to bring up. He, yeah, what if Josh Sweat isn't ready? Isn't ready or or, uh, on, the on, on the flip side, he's what if Josh Webb is better than Barnett? Yeah. yeah, what if he outplays
0: him? What does that? Say or at least him? in terms of pass rushing, yeah. I mean, that almost that wouldn't be the best case scenario. But then you could have it like they did in twenty seventeen, where maybe Barnett is more focused on the run stuff. I mean, you want Barnett to be a complete defensive end, like no doubt about it. But if, if Josh Web can be. If he can get four or five sacks this year, even that that'd be great. But if he if he's absolutely nothing, I think they're in trouble.
1: Yeah, I think I think the projection should be that you know Vinny Curry can kind of take on the Chris Long from two thousand seventeen role, and Josh white can play the Derek Barnett role from his rookie year. Um, and then you have Barnett really stepping up and providing a pass rush. You know, uh, I think. As talented on paper as that group is, there's a lot of mystery and intrigue and you know, Brandon Graham wants to finish his career with three straight double digit sack seasons and three straight Pro Bowl visits. He's never accomplished that once in either of those categories. So I'm interested to see how that dynamic plays out. Brandon Graham needs to have a big year too.
0: Yeah, I mean he only I mean he had a lot of pressures, but he only had four sacks last year. He, he's not gonna play inside as much, which should help his sack numbers though. Mm-hmm. Malik Jackson will be in there. Um and then before we go on defensive ends, I, I think a, a name that I feel like it's kind of flying on the radar is I think Deshaun Hall has a shot to make this team. He, he looked pretty good when he played for them last year. And I know everybody loves Joe Osman, but I would say Hall as of now has a better chance of making this team.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Completely. Yeah,
0: if they keep six defensive ends, which I don't know if they will. Um, our defensive tackle, this one is directly for you since you know him the best. Um, I guess tell me exactly where we will see Malik Jackson make the biggest impact this season, or in what way.
1: Uh, I think he's going to impact everybody around him. I think having the opportunity to be next to Fletcher Cox is going to help him, but I think overall it's going to free up Fletcher Cox to get some one-on-one uh, opportunities, which is big. We know that Fletcher Cox can get to the quarterback. We know that he can produce. Um But to have a tag team partner like Malik Jackson, who he's never really had, another just true elite interior pass rusher. I think he's gonna help Fletcher Cox ascend. I think he's gonna help Brandon Graham with his goal of getting 10 sacks. Will he get the 10 sacks? We'll see. I do think it'll be an improvement over the four sacks he had before. Um, And I think it can help Derek Barnett too. Then you look at the linebackers. Malik's not a very good run stopper. He's adequate. Um, But it was part of the problem in Jacksonville. And I think for the linebackers, when you're getting that much pressure, the linebackers should have opportunities to make plays on the ball. The DBs will have opportunities to make plays on the ball. So I think a lot like what Deshaun Jackson is for the offense, Malik Jackson is a guy that if he fits in well and does what you expect him to do, it's going to help everybody around him. I
0: agree. So the concern I have is more to do with training camp. maybe the full season but it's how long Fletcher Cox is going to take to get the full strength he had offseason surgery last year we saw Brandon Graham missed almost all of training camp and he got off to a slow start Mm -hmm. Uh, Fletcher Cox is more important than Brandon Graham is in this team Mm -hmm. so we don't really know where he's at I think there was an interview where he said he he wants to be ready for training camp one and will are two different things if he misses the first week that's fine but if if it lingers I think that's a problem Yeah, Fletcher Cox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want that injury to linger into the season.
1: I mean, he's a guy that, remember, he left the Los Angeles Rams game injured, and he walked to the sideline, and everybody in the press box is like, oh, man, this is over. Like, this whole feel-good playoff run is never going to happen. And then he came back right onto the field and and played hurt. Um, I think he's the most important player on this team. We can talk about Carson Wentz. But I think Fletcher Cox is a guy who can win you games by... Well, okay, that's not fair. I think he's the f- Carson Wentz of, of the defense, defense. Yeah. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. You got anything else you want to cover on defensive tackles?
1: Um, yeah, I want to talk about Hassan Ridgway. I think Hassan Ridgway is going to be end up being a really good pickup for them. They seem to really like him. They mentioned during the draft that they had wanted to add him for a while. He's impressed... Um, Jim Schwartz, who went out of his way to praise him during the offseason program. If you've got a fourth guy or a guy that's pushing Trayvon Hester well to be that fourth guy, I think they're in good shape. I do think they're going to keep five defensive tackles and five defensive ends. Yeah, you know, I think they're going to keep five of each. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So They have five ten. locks
0: for a defensive end, so it's if whether they keep Ridgeway pretty much. Right. Gotcha. All right, so linebacker, which I think is one of the more interesting positions in camp. Um, so let's say Bradham and Camus are the locks, like 100% locked into the roster. Um, rank the following linebackers in order of likelihood you think they make the team.
1: Oh, wow. Then I got to remember things.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it's a pretty Go for it, word. go for Zach Brown, Paul Warlow, LJ Fort, Nate Gary, TJ Edwards.
1: Zach Brown would be one. I think he's going to end up being the third starter, whether it's a middle linebacker or, or they move Camus to, to weak side. Um,
0: probably probably fort number two, right? Just because of that contract they gave him. Um,
1: like, I'm going to go with Gary. They seem to be forcing really, Gary that Gary number issue. two ahead
0: of all those other guys.
1: E- yeah, because I think he'd end up being the backup Will. Um, That's not what I expect. Well, you know, the <laughs> this the Know How to Show podcast likes to surprise you every now and then. <laughs> I would say... Um, L.J. Fort, Paul Wurlow, Edwards. Look, I think Edwards ends up getting that red shirt, the mysterious injury. is the only guy that can really play a natural Sam linebacker outside of Nigel Bradham on this roster, in my opinion. And then, you know, Fort's going to be looked at as a special teams guy, but you got that lingering compensatory pick thing hanging over his head, especially with the way Sandejo has played. Um, It's not like it's that Like, they'd lose, like, a million dollars if they cut him. Right. Which I an mean, ideal, but like that, you can stomach that. Yeah, I mean, Corey bit. Nelson, they,
0: yeah, you know, whatever. That's <laughs> the thing. I, like, as people pointed out, they signed Fort right when free agency started, but they also signed Corey Nelson right when free agency started.
1: Right, and I think they do want it to work with yeah, LJ Fort. But what you could do is you could t- technically cut him and then, and then bring him back after week one when his contract wouldn't be fully guaranteed. So, I mean, that's something I would keep an eye on. Um, but, you know see how that goes I, I the linebacker group outside of Brown it's a, a mad scramble I do think they keep Paul Warlow I do think they keep Nathan Gary and I do think that Fort Edwards it, those two guys are the ones that I think are competing for that sixth spot if that makes sense I'm way less secure on
0: uh Gary than you are um but, I mean, he, he's been in this defense longer than mo- almost all those guys in there, so I get it. But he looked pretty bad when he played last year. Um, so corner, this probably is the most interesting group on the entire roster, but even though, though everybody's pretty safe in those top six, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the question I have is, what do you think the group looks like in week one, and what do you think the group looks like in week 10? Because those are—that's interesting. Yeah, you know, because it's a the way it's structured and the health of these guys, and not, it's just it's it's not going to look the same in week ten that it does in week one. I think we can both agree on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at when you say the six, I think you mean Ronald Darby, yeah, Jalen Mills, Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, Rasul Douglas, and Craven, and Craven LeBlanc. Um, I think it will start out as. Um, Ronald Darby and Avante Maddox in base and then I think it'll be Ronald Darby, Avante Maddox and either Sidney Jones or Jalen Mills in, in nickel and I think that that is I think that's ideal I mean I think you want to get Avante Maddox on the field I think he's the most uh, talented player or has the most upside I think Ronald Darby's the most talented Yeah. And then I think, you know, Mills has played a lot of football as much as people don't... And they love him there. Yeah, they they especially in the red zone. And Sidney Jones is the guy that they view as having first round upside, but he needs to stay healthy. Russell Douglas is the interesting guy. Like, he, if, you, if there was, like, a trade candidate in that group, he would be the guy. And I know that there are other teams that like him. I've seen a lot
0: of people suggest Sidney Jones as a trade guy, too.
1: Not with that injury. I mean, I, I don't know what yeah. you're trading for him, you know? Like, that's... I mean, maybe. Maybe if he has a really good preseason. Yeah, then you get Trader Miles' value. He's the highest. Yeah, I mean, maybe that happens, but I I tend to think that they value Jones more than Douglas just from a outside perspective thing. Craven's a guy that's really interesting to me because I think he'll definitely be active on game days. He'll definitely have a role in special teams. And you need a backup nickel. Nickel is one of the hardest positions to play on the football field. You need to be fast. Um, we spoke to his trainer, Tevin Allen. He's really got a chip on his shoulder, and he really wants to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. I think he's going to have a pretty big training camp.
0: I mean, it's a contract year for him too, and he's a guy like there's he needs to prove that it wasn't just like a five game sample that he can do that for a full season. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't get that chance, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for him. For sure. Um, And I I guess the concern I have is if Darby and or Mills aren't healthy or can't stay healthy this year, then do you become a little more concerned about the cornerback position than maybe everybody realizes?
1: I don't think either one of them is going to be on the team next year.
0: But I'm talking about this year right now.
1: Oh, this year if they can't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But you also had the benefit of having four guys kind of emerge while they've been gone, Sidney Jones in practice and, um, you know, uh, Rasul, Avante, and Cravon had pretty good closeouts to the end of the season. So I, I think they feel good. Josh Hawkins is a guy that has played pretty well during the offseason program. So is Jeremiah McKinnon. McKinnon good, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't... I think uh, starting a lot, uh, like a group of cor- five corners, or f- six corners of Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, Cravon LeBlanc... Um, Josh Hawkins and Jeremiah McKinnon is still better than the majority of the quarterback groups in the league from a depth standpoint.
0: I had to come up with a concern for everyone so that was grasping at straws a little bit there. (laughs) Hey, that works for me. I mean, they pretty much played without Darby Mills most of last season. Right. Um, So safety, I guess what's your level of confidence in this group after Malcolm Jenkins? Ooh. Because there's question marks about every guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they brought in Zendejo to be kind of like insurance. A stabilizing force kind of Yeah, insurance for McLeod and insurance in case Trey Sullivan fell off a cliff after he had that great game against the Bears. Count Blake Countess to me is a special teams ace and nothing more. Which is why he's on more in the bubble than I think people realize. Right, I like Trey Sullivan, but he also only showed it for like six or seven games. If he has a
0: bad preseason,
1: they'll cut him. Right. Yeah, they're not tied to him. Yeah. Um, McLeod, I have some concerns just because that ACL injury can impact your effectiveness. As common as ACL injuries are now, it's um, I'm not sure. I think free safety might be the least stable starting job that they have of the returning players. Um, it was clear that his absence was missed after he went down in Week 3 against the Colts, but um, I don't know. you got to see how he comes back. Like Free safety is a very paper-thin spot, in my opinion, as far as proven assets, unless you really think Zendejo can be a full-time free safety in this league, which I have some concerns with. And,
0: I mean, it, it's just going to be kind of be in the background. If Sendejo, I think the he has to play, like, 10 games for it to count against the compensatory pick formula. Like, that, that looms. If he has a bad camp and they're weighing whether they get a fourth-round pick or or a third safety who maybe isn't that good, they're going to release him. And then who's your third safety? Is it Trey Sullivan? Like, so, I mean, the, the biggest concern you kind of touched on a little bit is McLeod coming off the injury. Um I mean, he, like you said, I mean he, it was a pretty serious injury to the point where he, I think he, did he do individuals in spring? I don't think so. Uh, m- uh,
1: think the mandatory t- minicamp, he did some individual yeah. where it was like cutting on the ball. So uh, he has, so he hasn't
0: fully practiced in almost a full year. So and he's getting close to thirty. Uh, I mean, it's notable that he decided to remove a year from his contract and basically take a pay cut to stay here, I th- maybe he realized he wasn't going to get interest on the free agent market.
1: Well, and also he gets to rehab not yeah, only as, Yeah, for sure. You get the common rehab and then you also get to rehab your image within a defense that you're yeah. familiar with. So, they, they need to figure out pretty quickly
0: if they even need to go and pursue another safety or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything else on safeties? I do not, no. And then special teams... It's right? important. <laughs> And then special, well, I would I should say DeAndre Hall, he he looked really good in minicamp, and I, I don't think I wouldn't overlook the possibility of him making it as a if they kept five safeties.
1: Well, and I think there's the concern that if they put him try to put get, sneak him onto the practice squad, Joe Douglas would take him. Yeah. So I mean, he's an intriguing athlete. He's like really long arms. So
0: if he can if he can put it together and of learning the defense and stuff, I mean, he was thrown onto the team right before the year, so mm-hmm. they never really trusted him enough to play him on defense. So there's a big preseason for him too. Special teams. I don't really have a question. I mean, I guess it would be who are the returners.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Darren's rolls is probably and your
0: favorite. Maybe Clement kick return.
1: Yeah, probably
0: yeah. or or, Warren, like, or something. Yeah, small would Yeah,
1: if he makes the team. <laughs> um, I will say that Craven LeBlanc has been trying out punt and kick return hmm. opportunities, and if you're going to keep s- smart, if you're going to keep six cornerbacks,
0: Might act, as well yeah. use them for more than.
1: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, he was a kick returner in college. He makes sense. I mean, Miles Sanders is another guy that you could use, depending on how you feel about his role on offense. Um, Jordan Mailata. Jordan Mailata, yeah. <laughs> Secret weapon, bro. Secret weapon. I would actually put, like... You know how, like, sometimes they squib kick in a, in a big guy? Put him out there for Yeah, him put out him, out him
0: out there for, like... Let him run through some dudes. That'll. That's all the Eagles fans want. They could be like, you guys didn't win the Super Bowl, but you let Jordan Mailata run the ball. Like, we're happy.
1: <laughs> and then eventually, people will be like Tom Coughlin with... Um, uh, who was the who was the punter for the Giants who punted to Deshaun? Oh, I forgot who it was. Anyway, you know, I told you not to kick to him. <laughs> but that'll be like my that. biggest question
0: is whether Jake
1: Elliott actually strikes you with a field goal this year because there,
0: there was a time during a mini camp where you just kept like being right where the balls were going, you didn't even really, you'd be looking down at your yeah, phone. Yeah, it was very. Oh, wait, weird. was that ball near me? Like, yeah, it was right above your head, guy.
1: I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to deny uh, that. It, I. He is not the first person to target me with a kick. I will say that. Jason (laughs) Myers used to do that in practice with the Jaguars all the time. Heard a couple of not so nice (laughs) stories about him. But anyway, um, my, my concern is they're putting a lot on Jake Elliott and Cam Johnson's legs during training camp. I get it. You don't really need to you know, give them competition, but having a camp leg in there could have benefited one of the two of them. They didn't even give Johnson competition last year, and he had never punted in an NFL game before. Right. I mean... Which is weird. You know, they basically moved on from Donnie Jones blind. So, um, they clearly appreciate you know, the two of them and Lovato and they're consistent and they work together well and Dave Phipp has said that that type of um, consistency has helped them uh, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think special teams is fine. I don't think it's incredible. I don't think it's a great situation. I think it's fine, you know? Yeah, I
0: mean, Jake galley needs to show more consistency because uh, he had that weird thing where his first year he was inaccurate from short range and made every single long field goal where it kind of flipped this year. If he could kind of even that out make long field goals and the short field goals Mm -hmm. maybe he makes a pro bowl uh yeah i think that that kind of wraps it up Like we said training camp starts this week we're both very excited we'll start getting you guys some more podcasts we're gonna have a lot of content at nj.com we have a couple stories out now that we both are pretty proud of uh mike wrote a great story about paul warlow and his journey back to the field we both kind of collaborated on a story about what some of the eagles guys were doing in the off season uh yeah we'll, we'll end on that note uh, make sure you subscribe on all the apps apple spotify stitcher google play youtube and uh leave a comment write a review and thanks for listening guys